Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be! Nebula is the streaming service that's home to its Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part? All of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with E.T., you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens. episode wee wee this is the second time we've had to do an emergency episode because is it aliens this time are we did we find aliens uh, potentially so so yeah pro- approximately every human being on the planet earth added props yep. on aliens the second yep. this happened um, yep. but i find this shows this 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 topic shows something very interesting which is that there is a heavy crossover and this should lead to by the way if you're out there hank you will green um please email us <laughs> because there is a heavy crossover between us and hank green in that anytime ufo shit comes out we both just get bombarded with um with messages yeah. about it <laughs> do you think we can get hank green on the show i have his email i had his email and realized i lost it and i have met him on on two occasions uh, we, we yeah. had ice cream sandwiches once together so i feel like that's a a, a bond signed in blood or at least ice cream at that point so I, I mean i feel like i feel like i feel like we could and two i feel like he would enjoy a show like this this would be fun but anyway we're not talking about hank green today no this is Aliens. a greenless show yes <laughs> this this was this was like doesn't know yeah yeah, this is the this has to be like this is one of those things where everyone was like oh my god and then they're like tristan what is this this is so crazy and i looked at it and like i like actually broke out in laughter the first time i saw the thing that we were looking at so goofy all right just to sort of like just broad stroke we'll get into details um mummy broad strokes there's an alien mummy in mexico basically right broad stroke that's all we need to talk about there's an alien mummy in mexico or maybe multiple, I don't remember, but that's what everyone's freaking out about. And the and I heard that and I was like, now that's interesting. And then I saw the pictures of it and I said, No, that's nothing. <laughs> that's nothing. Like they're like, This is this is the real deal, guys. The Mexican Senate's involved. And I saw a picture and I'm like, I literally like almost did a water take when I saw it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, it literally looks like ET. <laughs> It looks exactly like E.T. If if E.T. Uh, well, I guess if he, you, you know, mummified E.T. If you mummified E.T., this is what he would look like. I don't know, have a sense of scale necessarily, but it looks really tiny. Um, and Tristan, you've also included a picture here in the outline um, that reveals: is it aliens or maybe? Is it cake? Yeah, is the, it just cake? The second is it cake joke um, we've had on the show so far. 
Yeah, someone just made a replica of it as as cake, and it's pretty good. It's pretty convincing. I like that because like there's this is like a meme that was really big because of that one yeah. Twitter video a couple years ago, but then yeah. like went away. Then they got the Netflix show, and then that went then away. They a show about it. I only yeah. know I I think more about the Netflix show mostly because as everybody knows, there's like there was a contestant on Is It Cake that used to be a coworker of mine, and so um that's right. And she's actually leveraged it into like a semi successful TikTok, like you know making nice. making fake cakes that look like things so nice but like i do know that every so often like something being revealed to be cake becomes a joke it's like one of those jokes that like didn't get hammered into the ground so it shows up just enough that it's still funny when it happens yes it'll it'll make a it'll make an appearance here and there but all right we'll talk about this mummy alien on this here podcast called it's probably not aliens what do we do on this podcast tristan what's this podcast about we investigate the world uh by basically showing cool we we we, we debunk uh, yes pseudo history pseudo archaeology and talk right. about ufo conspiracy claims all that kind of stuff and then give you the real history that's being either glossed over painted over or or whatever um that that, that is like the main the main stick i feel like we need like a better elevator pitch um no we've got a good elevator pitch you just change it every time we look at we look at ancient aliens and pseudo history and archaeology and we we debunk it while teaching you about the real world history of cool people and places and things that's yeah, all there's it is. The, there's the 700,000 subscriber answer. <laughs> My name is Scott Nicewander. I do none of the research, basically. I I stopped at, is it cake? That's that's how I've stopped at this episode. Is it alien or is it cake? My name's Who Tr- knows? My name is Tristan. I am a 1,000-year-old non-human mummy. No, uh, uh, I'm, I, I did the research today and I... <laughs> This one, this one is like, I feel like we're not going to have, like, I mean, I mean, you're, you're looking at your little, you know, pocket casts or Apple podcasts or whatever. So you know how long this is, but I feel like it's going to be short because this one, this one, I was like taken aback by how seriously people took it, but how dumb it turned out to be in reality. The, the, the people, society, we are in a, we are really into UFOs like this last like year and a half and people are getting way too credulous. Y'all got to calm down. Got to calm down, but also don't calm down. Cause that might be part of our viewership of this podcasts True. yeah so, maybe, you, maybe you found this podcast because uh by looking for answers to the mexican mummy uh answer in which case you probably if you were a ufo believer at that point you probably would have stopped this episode a couple minutes in when we said it's nothing it's 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 so <laughs> but, nothing it's actually silly would you want to learn more about it because i do i don't know really anything about it and i want to dive into it yeah so, yeah yeah let's so get let, into it okay okay so here's millions around the people of the world believe no um uh-huh. so there's this guy his name is Jaime Mosan who took two mummified bodies and showed them to me- the Mexican Congress basically he had a a uh, a presentation in front of the Mexican Senate okay uh, he showed these bodies and then made the claim that these are non-human beings found in Peru and seem to be about a thousand years old. Like literal ancient aliens. Wow. Cannot deny. Mummified ancient aliens. Like it's pretty, pretty solid. And he's backed up by a real scientician, a guy by the name of Jose uh-huh. de Jesus Salche Benitez, uh, who accompanied him on the Senate testimony and provided scans that highlighted that they had large brains and eyes as evidence of them being non-human. Sure. The in Individuals claim that their findings led credence to the existence of extraterrestrial life and Whoa. suggest that these bodies are tangible evidence that aliens exist and that they at least were Whoa. here a thousand years ago. Yeah, or at the very least, aliens existed. Right. Yeah, they might we don't be know if they down. currently exist. Maybe that was the last one or last couple of them. And they so they sought to try and make their claims more serious by taking it to the Mexican Senate. 
that's the claim that this is like these are aliens that's the claim and the senate looked at it so it's got to be it's got to be a thing and there are images of these should i describe them for people who haven't seen yes, them yes please please describe et made yeah. of marzipan so, yeah we've we've sort of said this it does look like a really really like bone you know it just looks like the bones of et basically it's just a mummified very skeletal et big bulbous head in the back it's got that like squished face that et has with even like the you can see like the lips are still there for like the mouth opening and the nose is still there which i don't i mean i guess i don't know how mummification works because i'm used to like dead people not having things like lips and noses and such but i we i we don't mummify people right in 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 the here in the states i don't know how you guys do it in canada actually can there is oh um, yeah there is an organization based out of i think las vegas that are trying to they are they are neo-pagans who are trying to bring back the spiritual practices of ancient egypt and if you pay them a lot of money they will actually mummify your body in like the proper egyptian way so boy that sounds like america huh if you pay someone a lot of money, you can do pretty much anything you want. Basically, yeah, American uh, anarcho-capitalism at its finest. Um, so, but yeah, so- it, this looks—it's just like a beige uh, skeletal ET, it, and like they put it in a what looks like a casket. So it does look like an open casket funeral for ET. Is what this these pictures look like? It's true. It's very funny, and the scale. I can't really tell the scale. I can only tell a scale from the cake picture. Yeah, it looks that- like it's. It, that the, the the scale is it looks like it's probably like um maybe about like the size of a GI Joe and a half like it's very small it's tiny the cake picture makes it look like it's maybe two feet tall but if 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 everything if the actual one is smaller it does look like maybe like a big GI Joe like one of the original big GI yeah, Joe I'm I'm basing it off of the fact that um there's like the only thing I know of to scale in the picture is they have one of those little humidity humidity detectors in there oh you're right yeah and I have done I have worked in enough archives to know how big those things are they're about the size of a coke can so okay so it's probably about two feet tall yeah because that looks like it's like three of them stacked together together maybe like one and a half two feet yeah exactly yeah so like this is the whole thing so um this episode is about how public institutions like the mexican senate contribute to the legitimizing or debunking of claims about extraterrestrial life and what happened is that in this incident jaime mosan and jose de jesus zalche benitez or dr benitez uh, were invited to present their claims to the Mexican Senate, which gave them a platform and lent a degree of official sanction. Because, like, if you were to just be a regular UFO crank and say, look, I have an alien and it, you show this, mm-hmm. people would laugh uh, because it looks so ridiculous. But, because it looks silly, yeah. But what made this story so serious is that this was brought in front of an official elected body, the Mexican Senate. It's the uh, uh. the Senate of a large and very important country, not one that you would take lightly, right? Like, um, yeah. Mexico is I think the most populous country in Latin America no no that's Brazil but um it is a very large very powerful it's big uh, it's one of the richer like Latin American countries so it's a big deal I mean you would you could say that it's like a third of North America yeah depending upon how you count the Caribbean yes yeah I guess so I don't really know I just uh, in America we're only taught about three countries which is Canada America and Mexico and that's it and then that's where our geography stops there's a little like there's like because North America America isn't 
like there's no North American tectonic plates. So there's no real, right. like it's a, it's a political designation. It's trying to be like, yeah, what is the part of America? Like, what is the part of America that's rich versus the part of the Americas that um, we exploit to make ourselves rich? And so what's the one that's icy and that's yeah. Canada. Uh, yeah. And the Caribbean like kind of is in and out politically when it comes to like its membership in different parts of the cultural and political things of the Americas. Either way. Well, all right. I didn't mean to derail us. Let's let's get back to that. We've already you you're like, this will be a short episode. I'm like, need I remind you that we both have ADHD? Yep. <laughs> I have not been on my medicine for like the last couple of weeks. Fair enough. Anyway. Okay. So Jaime Mosan is a television personality with a large following on YouTube. Um, just so you know who we're going off. He was like a former sports oh, journalist right. who then got into being a UFO guy. Oh, he's a YouTuber like us. He's <laughs> on our turf now. Yeah. All right. The other thing, too, is that uh, if you look at the media on this, like uh, in my research for this video, I came across articles that went all over the spectrum from like super duper believing to like really like this is this is ridiculous. So uh, a lot of media, like obviously, like this has been buzzy enough that all major media organizations seem to have to have a take on it. And uh-huh. depending upon whether they're like being believer or not believer is like showing how serious they are as media institutions, basically. Mm-hmm. But this is also in the context of I think another reason why this was so buzzy and such a big story was because this is in the context of a growing uh, yeah. talk about official recognition of UFOs as a topic. The big oh, one that yeah. people know is the the United States. Uh, the U.S. Congress just had uh, a meeting with a bunch of like hearings on UFOs and UAPs um, and classified documents have been like, you know, coming out about this whole UAP identification program, which we did an episode on and we did an we episode did an on episode the guy who it. talked to Congress too. So well, I imagine we'll have to do a second one at some point with like everyone. Everyone keeps emailing us lots of information and other stuff to talk about in regards to all of this growing stuff. So we got we've got one in the States. We've got one in Mexico now. And now it's up to the weird little weird little guys in Canada. Yes. What do you got? It's interesting because Canada actually um, gets more than its fair shares of UFO sightings. And I'm sure oh, yeah? it has nothing to do with the fact that we're closer to the Arctic and therefore have a higher degree of uh of northern lights activity but um (laughs) we've got these weird thing weird lights in the sky has anyone studied these before yeah um that's my canadian impression we also have a lot of people who live in very rural areas with big wide skies and are very lonely and want attention so you know that that's you know it's whole thing but um it is the thing where like i think if i were to talk about it in a various different ways the most conspiratorial part of me would say the u.s uh is now facing up like military opponents that sure. if it saber rattled too hard might actually bite back in very dangerous ways because the US is no longer an unchallenged master of the planet so if they get too bullish or aggressive with like Russia or China actual bad things could happen bad things and their intention, which is just to get more uh, military funding, isn't going to be successful. And so the most conspiratorial side of me, you know, maybe if you get like several dozen beers into me in Chicago in a few weeks, uh, that, um, oh, I can tell you from experience, it does not take several dozen to get Tristan talking about that is <laughs> stuff off of his, off of the, off the top of his dome. Yeah, it is true. Uh, but if you get a couple beers into me, I could definitely talk about how that could be an aspect. It could be all a big psyop to, um, 
find a way to raise the U.S. military budget without actually having to risk thermonuclear war uh, by saying we need to get ready for aliens. But also, I think that there's a program where the infinitely funded U.S. military, which will what? fund and, and investigate pretty much any project because they have unlimited what? taxpayer money that could that go to like education or healthcare, uh, instead no. it's going to be used to like a program like the UAP program, which is mostly focused on trying to. I think it's mostly a program trying to identify like enemy countries with spy drones that's i think the main right. thing that they're doing or enemy planets maybe enemy planet when you th- i mean anything's possible mm-hmm. the only problem is that like as they take this more seriously our whole mindset is focused around aliens when i think they're mostly looking for drones <laughs> they're just looking yeah they're just looking for way for ways to, in- to for the public to get on board with like all right increase I guess increase the budget even more <laughs> somehow, and then we'll just do some more military stuff. It's weird how that never comes up when you guys are doing your debt ceiling, your mini debt ceiling crisis you have every couple of years. Yeah, I agree. It's I feel like it's one of those things where like you say like, well, can't we take away our, can't we like lower our military budget a little bit? And everyone's like, don't you feel like, don't you support the troops? And it's like, I, yeah, but the military budget doesn't do anything for the troops either <laughs> right now. John so. McCain is, John McCain's dead, so he's not going to be crap crashing any more helicopters. You don't need that many hel- you don't need the spare helicopters I don't for need them that to crash more. anymore. I don't need it. Now Harrison Ford is still alive so Harrison, we will need yeah, some so, planes. So we do need yeah. extra planes in case he decides to get high and yeah. fly airplanes again. Uh-huh. So there's two things I know about Harrison Ford. He smokes <laughs> so much weed and he loves crashing airplanes. Loves it. I'm sure those two don't overlap. But those are, um, but yeah, but basically like we're in this context where because the US is doing it, a lot of other countries that also want to get in on, you know, things that are popular and buzzy are also starting to open up their investigations. I think because it's a way to look for enemy spy craft and like, you know, drones and stuff like that, most countries have some sort of program that they don't draw a lot of attention to because they don't want people thinking that they are putting public money into a UFO program are, uh-huh. are putting this stuff up so that they can try and detect it uh, or at least look for it. Because even though, you know, most of them are going going to be natural phenomenon or they're going to be like people just who want attention some of them might be enemy aircraft and should be investigated that's why that's what i think this is but either way yeah sure uh it just means that there's this like growing idea that we're taking ufos more seriously um that it's no longer a joke yeah and as that happens we're revealing that more and more governments are involved in this in some capacity or another and our listenership is going up and up and up i hope yeah that's what that's the num- that's what the little bar graph seem to th- indicate thanks everyone Here's some problems about uh, about this claims about these claims specifically. Yep. So Jaime Mosan and Jose de Jesus Zalche Benitez or Dr. Uh-huh. Benitez have both been involved in claims that have been debunked. Um, and oh, before uh, this, yes, this is not their first. Um, this is not their first bit. Okay, and they've also uh, have a lot of credibility issues, and oftentimes their claims are criticized or dismissed by the scientific community. Oh, that doesn't bode well for this new one. No. Uh, furthermore, he did claim that these mummies did not come from Mexico. They came from Peru, uh, specifically from the Nazca area, which, you know, as we know, yeah. has an association. I was I was going to say this earlier when you said that they came from Peru. I was like, you know what else is in Peru, Tristan? The Nazca line. Oh, yeah. They didn't, so, even, they didn't even shy away from that. They're like, yeah, this is from Nazca. They're like, which, this is literally aliens from Nazca that use the Nazca lines as an airport. Yeah, runway. this is um, this is like there's two aspects to it. One, um, it is where all of like it's like the the most well-known you. UFO spot in like Latin America. So like that is a thing he could have latched onto. But two, it's just to give some fairness. Um, the Nazca lines, the reason why they exist is because they're in one of the driest places on earth. And it is a place where um the people who live there mummified a lot of their dead. So it is also a place sure. where you 
find mummies. <laughs> you find mummies there. So that, that does that does work. All right. But there is some people who are curious about how he got this, specifically people like uh, Leslie Orteaga, who is the um, cultural minister for Peru, um, and is wondering okay. how, say, a specimen of uh, Peruvian cultural history left Peru uh, to the point where he filed a criminal complaint huh. about this theft. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. What you found it in Peru? What's it doing out of Peru? What's, what is this doing in Mexico? Why are you? Why'd you take it? <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good thing. Yeah, it's it's that. That's like the big part that I find very funny. Um, as this has gone around, a bunch of uh, different outlets have interviewed different scientists. People like uh, Elsa Tomasco Kagigal. Uh, um, uh-huh. oh my, that is that is uh, people like David Spurgle, people like Julieta Fierro, and even people like Brian Cox. Um, who I know, Wait, I think, n- famed actor Brian Cox. Yeah, Brian Cox, the Scottish actor uh, from Succession. Uh, no, there's a there's a scientist who also has the name <laughs> Brian Cox. Okay. Um, but all of them have looked at the claims and have thoroughly dismissed it, specifically after um, studying the sample because they handed over this uh, sample for study, which is we'll get to that in a little bit because it's very funny. I just I am now just picturing actual actor Brian Cox in his like succession voice looking at just like magnifying glass peering over the specimen and just being like, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. The main things that they point out is that uh, is things that Tristan would probably talk about with a sandwich board yelling at random people on the street which is the big one that is uh-huh these aliens look way too much like humans um they do if you look at them the aliens have uh eyes nose mouth arms legs they're a little all small, the things that humans but, have um, sometimes but uh but you know who won't have those extraterrestrials that will have limbs and organs and sensories that we could not even imagine so yeah they look too much like even with their, even with this alien, even with this mummy's like big bulbous. See, they got me saying alien. I should just say mummy. I don't even know if it's a real mummy, but like even with this this thing's big bulbous head, it still looks too much like human. Yeah, because our our imaginations are limited, and so uh, we still think of aliens as humans with extra or fewer bits. And this is just yeah. another case of an alien that looks like it was uh, designed by a low imagination human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does look like that. It's it's the kind of alien that somebody who thinks that say, um, when we go and discover extraterrestrial life, the first thing they're gonna want to do is breed with them would think. <laughs> oh, this is a this is a von Daniken alien? Yeah. Is yeah. what you're saying? Interesting. <laughs> I could have I, I haven't checked I haven't checked if uh because Eric von Daniken is like in his eighties, so he's not on social media, but uh I imagine that But he, do you think being in his 80s has stopped his horniness for aliens even a little bit of course not if there's anything i've learned is that um, no. when you get older you actually get really you get who super horny as my sister-in-law who works uh in an elder care facility would attest so oh gosh oh what's it well, called? have you ever heard about this whole thing about like um like retirement homes have like major sti problems because old, old people just be that's horny. fun <laughs> But yeah, they're too they're too humanoid to be extraterrestrial. And the claims, uh, they also um the the people, these two people, uh, Mr. Mr. Benitez and Mr. Mosan have also made a bunch of claims that they had backing from a bunch of institutions that verified that these were mummies. All of them turned out to be false or grotesque exaggerations. <laughs> okay. So who would have thought? Yeah. So here's a couple things that we have found out. One, uh, there were CT scans and lab tests done on this mummy, mummy, to uh, to figure out what it is. 
See, you're and, using air quotes now. Yeah. All right. They seem to indicate that they are very recently manufactured creations and are basically, um, have you ever heard of the term kit bashing? No, kit bashing. So um, if you if you like uh, if you like old Star Wars movies. Yeah, I was going to say kit bashing. Kit bash feels like a Star Wars character name, is kit, it? It's, no, uh, it's a practice. This is my favorite Jedi, kit bash. So if, if you're into models, like people who uh-huh. make models, uh, kit bashing is basically where you take bits and pieces from different models model kits and put them together to make something new or something to alter new. something. So like kit bashing, like for example, like a lot of the stuff made for Star Wars, they took like, you know, different World War II ship and airplane models and like glued different things onto each other and made uh, yeah. like, you know, things like uh like the side oh, of the Death is, Star. It's like a Doctor like Who it's a Doctor Who level of of creature design of like robots and things. Yeah. yeah. They, so Stick it, a plunger and a whisk onto a thing and you got a little dollar. Exactly. So kit bashing is is a very common occurrence that happens in uh, a lot of different, uh, a lot of, it's, it's, it's a fun art style. Um, sure. The main thing is that this might be a sort of Frankensteinian kit bashing because um, basically the CT scans and lab tests have figured out that it's essentially a weird combination of human and animal bones glued together, like literally glued together with synthetic oh. glue. <laughs> with glues, like, with modern with like glues. glue gun. <laughs> Cool. This is like an art. This is a this is a middle school art project. Yeah. Um. The most of the tests were carried out at UNAM, which I think I've talked about multiple times on this. Uh, it's uh, the Universidad Nacional Autónoma de México or the National Autonomous University of Mexico. It's like uh-huh. I think like one of the biggest universities in like the Western Hemisphere. Um. It's a really cool wow. campus. I went there once because I was friends with of a student. Of course you did, because you went everywhere. When I went to Mexico City, I was friends with a UNAM student, and I got to stay at his house. And he took me to campus one day because I thought it was really cool. And it's also where um, uh, Professor Alcubierre is. So um, there's a lot of cool aliens. World world traveler. uh, But yeah, I I didn't get to meet Alcubierre. That would have been cool. But also, he's probably just like a guy who does math because he's a physicist. So um, I like math. I like math a lot. Um, Yeah. Talk about it later, but I'm kind of considering some career things. And I'm realizing that I really like math. Anyways, um, but yeah, they conducted the tests and specifically noted that they don't endorse any of the claims made by the people who made those claims and that they do not believe these bodies belong to extraterrestrials. Um, What? But uh, that hasn't helped. That hasn't stopped people from uh, either credulously reporting on the claims made by these two people or uh, just sort of a lot of people not reading the articles and just believing poorly written headlines. Lines. So article comes out saying, uh, hey, people talking about uh, aliens in the Mexican Senate and the story then becomes as it filters down to TikTok and Twitter. Yep. The, the Mexicans have a have a mummy. They have a they have a they have a alien mummy. They got an alien mummy. Just like uh, David talks to Congress, says a bunch of bullshit. No one believes him. And then the news mm-hmm. story as it filters down to TikTok and, and Twitter is Senate confirms that they have aliens or whatever. And it's like, Man. can you there must have been been like an old 50s sci-fi film about alien mummies right there must have been that's too good of a concept not to make like a sci-fi horror yeah film. universal get on that get on it alien mummies that's mm-hmm. where the mummy fran- you know what get brendan back on the fra- the 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 mummy franchise and we're gonna do alien mummies 
this time. I'm down. That could do it. I feel like this is one of those things like Crystal Skulls where like in a couple years they could make a movie about it. Like they did Indiana Jones and they were like, all right, here's a real weird thing and we're going to make a movie about it and talk about historical stuff in a, in a not good way. And they're going to do that with Brandon Fraser. They're going to say Mexican mummies. Well, not really Mexican, right? As we've discussed. Peruvian. Peruvian mummies. Yeah. And they're going to be like alien mummies. That's where the I'd, mummy I'd, franchise goes. Honestly, I'd endorse this just because um, giving Brendan Fraser more work would be great because yep. he is such a sweet boy. <laughs> That's the um, only thing. Is just he's such, like, a, such will, a good boy. I'll let... I'll let anything slide if Brandon Fraser gets more. Uh, if we could also make a, uh, if we could also make a, um, a sequel to George of the Jungle, that would also be awesome. That be they did make a sequel, but it didn't star him, so they gotta they gotta get him that. back as old man George of the Jungle. Um, yeah. Oh, like a, George, like a George of the Jungle Beyond, like Batman Beyond. Yeah. Like, it's like in the future. He's George like training the a new George Beyond. of the Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> this George of the Jungle has a cybernetic suit. Um, <laughs> He just ta- he takes on like uh all the uh, like the companies plowing down like the rainforests and stuff like that. Like he's out for vengeance this time. This That'd be pretty awesome. good. This sounds less silly than like grim dark Flintstones that they did in a few years ago. So no, this sounds good. Everyone get on it. Everyone we kill get on people, this. Bon. <laughs> I still every time I think about how silly anything could get, I just think that grim dark Flintstones is real, and I never want to forget about it. They did a genocide. Yeah. That's true. We genocided people, Bon. Oh, we did a genocide, Bon. <laughs> like, like, just like this, like cartoon that was made to be a honeymooners knockoff with yep. cavemen. It's like okay, yep. Where they used we to did war crimes, and Children's vitamins and stuff. <laughs> it's like it's like if they did like if they imagine if they gave. I mean, you think they, they there was a parody of it, right? If they did like a um, if they gave Scooby Doo the like Riverdale treatment, and they did like yeah. a CW. A CW show just called Scoob, and it was just like, <laughs> like grim dark. They make Scooby into like a German Shepherd or something, and like, yeah, yeah, and he'll just like go and bite. He'll, he doesn't. He's not scared of ghosts. This time, Scooby's not scared of ghosts. He will. He hunts ghosts, and he will go straight for their throats. Yeah, Scoob, that's what he does. Ghost hunter. Scoob, um, <laughs> Scoob colon ghost hunter. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so, but it's like, but Scoob is like, it's like an acronym, like S dot C dot O dot O oh, dot yeah, B. Yeah. So it's like Scoob. Scoob, ghost hunter. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll fill that in. Listeners, fill in what Scoob stands for in the, in this ghost hunter universe exactly. that we've made. Um, All right. So we've, we've sort of covered that this is a fake, that this is an it's, art it's project. It's a well-known fake. Like I, I also seem yeah. to recall, I could not find the data backing this up. So maybe I should not make the claim, but I also, I just seem to recall some people saying that like, this isn't like new, like these, these things surfaced like a few years ago and were obviously considered to be hoaxes. And then this just came back several years later as they as they ended up in someone else's hands gotcha but governmental organizations still as as we showed distorted the public understanding and gave undue credibility to these claims which could you know maybe be dangerous for the public understanding of things like science and history um yeah a good example that i could also say uh is that that feels like a very similar situation was something called the fiji mermaid which is that there was this um there was this this, uh artifact going around a long time ago that was i think it was like in the almost like 100 years ago at this point claiming that they basically had a mermaid where they took a monkey skeleton and attached it to a fish uh and they basically oh, went around saying that this, this. was a, this was a mermaid and I yeah mean, it's a very similar method of construction <laughs> just some yeah you i just i keep envisioning it as an art project just some hot glue and some pipe cleaners and then voila we've got a little we've got a mermaid now yeah as somebody who 
I'm like, how candid should I be about my weird interests and things? I, I like bones. Um, I okay. find bones very cool. Um, sure. And sometimes my like, interests- you don't have like a, you don't have like a collection, do you? Cause that would be weird. Do you have a collection of bones? Do you have a skeleton basement? I have, I do. I do have bones. I don't have human bones. I do. Um, I have like a little, I have a little jar of, um, of uh what's it called uh mole bones like kind of like a jar okay. of like little little rodent bones but okay. i, I do no like human bones. bones uh you probably can't see it but i think you probably have seen in the past i have like a sugar skull painting uh in my That's office true. yeah yeah uh i and you know my wonderful wife has um given me the very good ethical uh second thought i needed when i got into a silly mood and wanted to do things like buy a d20 made out of retired uh medical school skeletons mm. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> interesting interesting that you had to be talked down from that one uh, yeah i know it's 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 you're still mulling on it you're still no, like should no, i have done it a, it wouldn't be a good idea those people didn't consent to be turned into d20s um uh-huh. but the idea of like the necromancer die made out of uh actual human bone that was like that lived out its full life being donated to science as per the wishes of the person who donated it but, would you put that in your will like Use me for science, and when you're done with my bones, turn me into dice. Fuck yes! Like yeah, I, like my bodily rem- my my whole post life plan involves like literally harvest anything that can save people's lives. The 100%. rest science, anything science doesn't want. If like you could do whatever you want with it, but uh, if it can become art in one factor or another, I would totally do it. And I have like yeah. my wife is currently um on a business trip in uh, Philadelphia, and she went to the Mütter Museum yesterday, and I'm like stupid jealous of her for the, for being able to see that but like i i have like like this love for like macabre shit like that and like there is this like woman who uh she preserved her father's tattoo when he died by like mummifying it and putting it in a frame and i'm like i find that shit so cool um that is interesting so like if, i do if it's if it's art and it's a consensual thing i'm all i'm i'm, I'm here for it yeah, yeah definitely not yeah. for like you know the sort of like body works exhibits s- where you can see as yeah. many executed chinese prisoners uh made into beautiful art as you want like that yeah, shit's fucked don't up go, or like people who or people who st- steal bones from graveyards to like do witchcraft yeah, don't do or that something shit. it's like don't do that come on now i forgot about that story the person who stole like like primarily like like former yeah. slaves bones yep. to like do just like witchcraft human with. bones yep don't do that oh uh, fuck hate that but here's the other thing as part of my like macabre like interest, um, yeah. The other thing that I realized is that this glosses over the fact that there is, and I remembered this when I was doing the research. There's actually like a really cool actual Mexican mummy thing that you can check out. It's another thing on my list of like museums okay. I would really really like to go see. Um, and it's they're called the mummies of Guanajuato. Uh, Guanajuato. Okay. Uh, it's in Guanajuato, Mexico. This was a uh, during a uh, cholera outbreak in 1833. A whole bunch of people in this town died and were very hastily buried because you know cholera. A uh, uh, very contagious uh, disease. Yeah, get them out of here. Get the bodies out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then what happened was is that in uh, 1870 and 18 in 1958, Mexico passed uh, a burial tax, or there was like a local burial tax imposed on them. So they disinterred a lot of these bodies and found out because Guanajuato is like a very uh, hot and dry part of Mexico. Uh, 
it, mm. it, the, the people who are buried there very hastily were all naturally mummified by the, the sort oh. of heat and dryness. And just by the environment. And so mm. they found these like remarkably well-preserved bodies from this cholera outbreak. And it's so much so that the, uh, the people there turned it into, uh, and they were also a little bit embalmed, but the, the natural environment did most of the work. They had a touch of embalming. Yeah. yeah. And, and these, uh, these mummies started attracting tourists. They started the El Museo de las Momias or, uh, the museum of the mummies that uh, started in 1969 and still operates as of today. Uh, they have about 111 mummies. They put about 59 of them on display. Uh, and some of the more fascinating ones are, uh, there are uh, some of them that look like they might have been buried by accident. There's one oh, case no. of a woman by the name of Ignacia Aguilar who her remains were found with her facing down and biting her arm, which suggested that she might have been buried before she died and like was buried alive. Oh no. Which is like a horrific thing to think of but like ne- like her last moments of agony preserved forever in this like historical artifact is yeah it's that wild. is that is macabre i'll give you that tristan but it, it does speak to like an actual part of like like that's that like it's one of those things i know like I'm, I'm like exposing myself to be like a fucking ghoul right now but it is one of those things that's no. like this is a dark part of the human experience that was real there because we we did not really yes. have a good identification of death we buried people alive we have evidence of this every single time not every single time but like many times when we have disinterred old graveyards we have found these 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 remnants and the fact that like this exists is kind of fascinating that part of it is interesting to me like the the idea of like we couldn't really quite figure out when people were dead because i feel like i don't know how much of this is folklore and how much of it is actual history but i definitely heard a lot of stuff about that growing up about like the way you'd tell is like you'd hold a mirror up to someone's mouth and if it didn't make fog then it was like all right they're not breathing anymore or like you would bury people with like a with like a string and tied to a bell so that if it rung while they were buried they would be like all right they're alive dig them back up i can answer i can answer all those so one, what happened was, is that we didn't have a good idea of how to identify somebody as dead because the main thing you would go for is look for a pulse, but keep in mind that, yeah. uh, back then checking for a pulse was literally done with like a doctor's fingers. And yeah. if you were like, and obviously these would be people who are already really sick. So if they were really sick and they had a very faint pulse, a doctor might not detect it too. Right. Um, they would then usually, uh, do, uh, they would wait several days to see if anything changes after they're declared dead. So like they wouldn't bury like them right away yeah. unless say they died of cholera and needed to be buried quickly because of yeah. contagious disease. Disease, yeah. But also, that could also be circumvented if, say, you were so sick that something happened and you wound up in a coma. Uh, mm. And then, yeah, then you would be buried. And this was fa- this was fairly often like this was very much overreported. Uh, like it doesn't happen. It did not even even in this time. You, it was still pretty easy to tell that somebody was dead. So very, it was very like these are very very rare edge cases when somebody is buried alive. It, it happened so infrequently. Yeah. But what happened was is that Victorian people got really obsessed with this idea and got really afraid of it. So rich people who were really afraid of that started devising stupid shit like the bell that you were talking about. And like I figured that was a rich person thing. Yeah. It's anytime you hear about weird nonsense like that, it's almost always Victorians. Um, so like, yeah. It, anytime it's weird nonsense about like death and staying alive, you can almost trace, you can almost for sure trace it back to wealthy people. A hundred percent. Wealthy people in a very specific period of the 19th century. <laughs> well, I mean, you or just even, Peter Thiel. Even now, I mean, I was going to say, even now, like, what is it with people like injecting young people's blood into their blood to stay alive? 
alive, like all billionaires and whatnot. Give me some of that young like blood. It's specifically one billionaire and also one who is like scarily vindictive to the point where like it's, it's Peter Thiel. It only takes Peter one Thiel. billionaire. To, um, the problem <laughs> is that takes one billionaire to do something weird and I'm going to accuse them all of doing it. Okay. The problem is that Peter Thiel being uh, legitimately a terrifying human being because uh, he's also a fascist who is trying to literally is working to undermine democracy on earth. Uh huh. That is not even an exaggeration. That is a thing he has stated that he believes. But yeah. um, but uh, but like he's also like a lot of people who do public media are genuinely terrified of him because he killed Gawker and he can kill other companies too. He'll do it. Anyways, uh, anyway, the, 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 so I, I showed you if you want to look. Um, these Mexican mummies have actually been uh, a big part of Mexican pop culture and even inspired a B movie and a short story by Ray Bradbury. And I showed a oh, picture of it nice. uh, for you so you can see the sort of extremely like for a mummy that is almost two hundred years old. It's like an amazing uh, state of preservation. Does the B movie have Brendan Fraser in it? I mean, it could. It could. Um, no, this uh, is he this just got is a Oscar, really great picture for the whale. For a whale, he, he got, got some sort of award. Whale? I don't know if it. I can't. He won a lot of awards for the whale. I still haven't seen it, but uh, this is a great photo uh that you've put in here i have right clicked and save as as i normally do uh to be posted on all of our social media platforms props not aliens Mm -hmm. if you want to see them but uh no this it it looks it looks like a i mean it's it just looks like a actual person like that's the that's the thing i can't really describe it other than this looks like a person who is in pain they look like they're in pain like their mouth is open you might even like they're probably due to the fact that they're like as the tendons dry up like you start yeah they dry out the skin stretches back and things like that i get it but and then like hugging their like stuff it almost looks like this person had a tummy they died of a tummy ache yeah which i know is not what happened probably buried like with their arms crossed over like this and as they dried out they kind of went like that like yeah but no this is incredibly preserved uh for how uh for how how old are these you said uh they were buried in 1833 yeah these look good um I, sca- it's scary but they look good see like this is the like, mummification is fast because there are like you know the intentional egyptian ones or like the ones in like the uh in like uh in south america but like there's tons of mummies all over the world and some of them are like through natural processes like uh for example if you ever go to denmark uh there's the the bog bodies um which are another fans of fantastic like people mm. in absolutely remarkable forms of preservation because peat bogs have very low oxygen content and so a body that is like buried or like or it finds itself in these bogs can actually be remarkably preserved because the anaerobic bacteria uh preserve rather than eat and they end up mm-hmm. being and like some of them like those ones like they have like hair and they they look like this they look like they have stuff that like they are their clothes are still intact and stuff it's oh my gosh amazing um and it showed some interesting history of like you know ancient europe like pre pre like historic europe because some of the people's bodies uh they found out later were like results of human sacrifice practices that happened at that time which speaks a lot to like the sort of like um spiritual universe that uh the people lived in well this is this is this is all really interesting are we gonna end on like a really cool this is fun history sort of note or are we gonna end on a tristan's gonna make us all sad sort of a note this is act three of the podcast and this is tristan we're talking about so we're talking about tristan's gonna make us sad yeah um so so the main thing that i take away from this is that public institutions 
institutions like the Mexican Senate are maybe not intentionally here giving unwanted, unwarranted legitimacy to already debunked claims. Uh, and I think that it's bad when they engage with pseudoscience. Like they sh- the Mexican Senate should probably have vetted this a little bit and maybe not yeah. given it so much. I think that the, 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 I think that American Congress should have done that too with David Grush. This, they're, they, yeah. they should realize that by engaging with it, they are giving these things a sense of legitimacy that they do not deserve and are going to result in either people taking nonsense seriously or it's going to erode the legitimacy of the institution. Mm. And these are people that we rely on to say, you know, govern the countries. Uh, and yeah. they're not, uh, and the problem is that it shows that we rely on these people to tell us, like a lot of people are like, oh, not really. But if you think about it in a very practical, you know, reality sense, we rely on our governments to uh, tell us like to, uh, to, to figure out what's real and what is like, what is, has legitimacy. And, and like, sure. even as somebody like, you know, I'm like, you know, a rampaging leftist, hate the government, all that kind of stuff. But also like, I rely on the Canadian government to tell me what food is safe and like what speed yeah. limits are good and stuff like that. Um, Absolutely. And so if they are uh, buying into disinformation like this, it's, it's not good. It's, it undermines that legitimacy also shows that there's a, a tension between open discourse and talking about all the different topics of the world, but also exploitation. We have a system ripe for critique and overhaul that, that is yeah. an issue. So like that is like, it just shows that like we are in a situation where there's a lot of room for misinformation to spread like wildfire and governments aren't helping with that because systems and structures, whether governmental or scientific are not above manipulation. If that's a lesson we can take away, it's that these systems kind of like uh, we talked about in the David Grush episode, governments aren't immune to bullshit. Uh, and they, yeah. and they, we have to have a, uh, active effort put in place to make sure that, that they keep their integrity. And at a time right yeah. now where a lot of democracies are sort of resting on their laurels and are kind of slowly decaying, uh, we need to be aware of this kind of stuff. Did you hear in this sort of similar vein, did you hear about the thing that, that Mitt Romney said that got people to be like, stop making me agree with Mitt Romney? Uh, no. I mean, I think I heard, I heard of it. I did not hear what it was. He basically just said, we need to, we need to stop having old people in government. Wow. (laughs) Fascinating. Yeah. He was like, I am not going to run again because by the time that like, by the time my term is, is up or whatever, I'll be like in my eighties or whatever he said. I don't know how old he is, but he was like, I'm going to be too old. We need more young people in government. Everyone stop all old people. Stop running for government, including myself. And I, I was, we're just like, stop making me agree with Mitt Romney. There's a point in history of like Cold War history that I always like to point to in this specific moment that is like, because oftentimes like like a lot of Cold War history told from the American perspective is like how the Soviet Union was evil and bad. And like they, they, they one of the things they point out very, very, I think accurately is that one of the signs the Soviet system was falling apart uh, was what they called the gerontocracy, which was this period where the Soviet leaders started getting really, really old. And like there was no like new leadership, new blood really entering the system. And it's like, mm. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Interesting. (laughs) We're going to have, we're going to have an election next year where we're going to, it seems like we're going to have the exact same two candidates as last time. And both of them are going to be very, very old uh, in office. Ancient, ancient people. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, you have like the, one of the most powerful people in the American power structure, just um, glitch twice. Yep. (laughs) In like one summer, like multiple, uh, multiple, not even just, not even just uh, Mitch uh, Mitch McConnell who seems to be like exactly only like 25% alive that they're just wheeling in to vote on things. Uh, man, it's Gosh, it, it, like, uh, talk about mummies. Good Lord. Yeah, the American just, government. Mary, like, I feel like, um, and also like, I feel like it has to do, like, obviously,
obviously the answer to that is is a complex system of like the party system and and uh uh the weird power of seniority and government and blah 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 blah. that's a different topic for a different show but yeah um but yeah it's definitely a sign that and it's definitely a sign that the 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 new leadership seems to be having a very hard time coming in all i'm saying is i'm currently wearing an alexandria ocasio-cortez t-shirt and maybe you are you should give her more responsibilities instead of the the what's it called the the desiccated remains of diane feinstein <laughs> but yeah all of one more to step to go we're gonna have a presidential you. candidate who is actually dead we're just gonna have like like a weekend yep. at bernie's type situation yep. where <laughs> But all of that was just on the back of what you were saying about just having having a, a system that is, you know, very exploitative and, and um, just very ripe for um, it's just an overhaul, yeah. basically. The fact that also this was so buzzy and got to so many places because everyone felt like they had to make content about it also, I think, shows a very interesting thing where like when sensational stories happen, regardless of what actually is true about them or anything, they become commodified so fast because if something is shown to be getting attention everybody rushes to make content about it as content creators ourselves. We like literally hey, call we're doing these it. like tent pole. Oh yeah. We're doing this right now. We're um, doing it literally right now. Yeah. Uh, but what it means is that like, uh, oftentimes these are done quickly, uh, sloppily, uh, usually trying to capitalize on public ignorance or institutional vulnerabilities in order to, um, make quick cash off of a new story. What? And I think that's just might happen. This podcast, we don't, we would cash. never do something. Oh yeah. I was going to say, we would never do something sloppily for cash. We would do it sloppily for free because we don't make money on this podcast. Um, and I also think that this is another part where, you know, maybe my like my like more anarchisty side of my personality would come out. It also shows that uh, centralized sources of authority and information maybe should be more examined and less taken for granted than we actually should, because the government, uh, while it like the government, while it like it provides a bunch of services, is a institution made up of humans. And uh, we have to stop thinking of any single central organization as like the uh, the people who have the monopoly on what is legitimate and true and good uh mm-hmm. and maybe we should and when it comes to like claims like this we should instead of talking about big institutions uh verifying it maybe we should talk more about decentralized verification like the fact that the monies yeah. were like you know given this credence by the mexican senate uh but like the people who debunked it were like the various scientists and institutions that work Science together to experts show all over different places yeah just uh independently verifying or debunking things yeah and then there's a little bit where i called why this is a case of how pseudo-archaeology and pseudo-history can cause active harm to the world oh no here it is um so the presentation of these bodies in the mexican senate undermines the genuine and historic are uh the genuine historical and archaeological work specifically Uh those of again indigenous and ancient cultures in peru who are one of the most abused cultures when it comes to uh these ufos things yeah the involvement of a governmental body to something like uh, nonsense alien money also uh, gives credence to pseudoscientific claims, creating a snowball effect and starts to muddy genuine efforts like, say, SETI or like the people who are mm. actually doing real work to try and uh, find life on other planets that would actually be uh, a, a reach out to this to the point where I would say uh, like it'll make it hard like this being a bust means that if we actually do find an alien mummy yeah. or if we actually do discover extra terrestrial life it will probably make it hard
harder for people who take things seriously to endorse it. To believe or it, yeah. there's another effect, which is that like, I, I kind of have talked about this on this show before, but like, how much do you think like, like if we, uh, if we have one day uh, where yeah. like, SETI says like, hey, we have found an exoplanet. It has signs of pollution. We see like signs that they have like built the beginnings of like Dyson swarms around their star. Like this is the most confirmed thing we have to like an actual extraterrestrial intelligence in a far off planet. Uh, and how much we're going to be like, okay, like we've heard a bunch of stuff in the past, even if this one is true, right. it's going to be so underwhelming because it's not going to be aliens on our doorstep. It's going to be uh, something that like Kepler or I can't remember what the replacement of Kepler is, but something, an exoplanet 300 light years away that will send a message yeah. that will arrive long after all of us are dead and we'll get another reply long after, uh, like long after we're dead. And that is going to be about the limits of it. Yeah, we're going to find signs of life and we're going to be like, but they're not here. Mm -hmm. So who cares? Because yeah, I've, because I've seen all these mummies of aliens and I know about ancient aliens and that's more interesting than like signs of life that is out there somewhere. And we're never going to be able to contact them in my lifetime or several of my lifetimes. Mm -hmm. That's not interesting to me. Yeah. But like, but it should be because that, yeah, that would be one of the most profound moments in human history. Um, yeah. And it would just get undermined because of our like science fiction concept of things. Furthermore, this is also the, the, the commodification and misrepresentation of Peruvian culture yet again, not only opens up the opportunity for illicit activities, like say in this case, possibly artifact smuggling, <laughs> stealing or yeah. And we, this is something I was going to talk about beforehand too. We, we've talked about several times on this podcast about how, as soon as you remove an artifact from it's where you found it, you remove it from its context and like, you can't get a- as much accurate information from it. So like that alone is like, well, how can we trust anything that, that you're finding that, that you're any sort of revelation you're making about this you took it from the place where you found it mm-hmm. you don't know what how can we study its surroundings it's not we can't get all that context anymore it's just yeah. bad archaeology and it's also just going to add into the fact that and this is maybe a part that we haven't talked about on this show quite yet but like in the name of trying to prove there's ancient aliens these people do do like a really awful form of like bad archaeology done with themselves but oftentimes that means like stuff like straight up stealing shit from archaeological yep. sites and like yep. parading it around with like like literally artifact theft <laughs> like like yeah um, that's the reason why like the cultural minister of peru is like even though this was a hoax is like um you probably should normalize just stealing shit from other countries like that yeah it's 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 there's so much wrong with it i mean like i feel like i feel like we have we've we've hit on several topics here right number one it's not a real mummy it is like cobbled together it's some bones it's an art some project. human bones some animal bones i think an alpaca skull is the primary uh skull of the thing and maybe that's why it looks funky yeah um it, it making these claims actively harms you know the the world in general uh not only just the institutions and uh, and and just the public uh understanding of these things but also just like the places that you took stuff from not great mm-hmm. stop taking stuff stop stealing artifacts stop stealing shit um yeah cuz like also this exploited a an institution illustrating how government bodies can be vehicles for disinformation which can further disillusion the public trust and exacerbate divisions in uh society because again losing faith in like the one one thing that we have that keeps all of our, you know, functions functioning can lead to things like say, like it erodes that inst- erosion of institution can lead to things like say uh, a certain event on January 6, 2021 that might have uh, mm. shown some weaknesses in uh, structures. And, and in this case, it's like, it's not even theoretical or like limited to like a general dil- dilution of 
like science scientific rigor there's like tangible implications here for cultural integrity government functions like the seriousness of the mexican government like Mm -hmm. i feel like in many like uh and and like public understanding of history and science like the main like i can think of things like about how uh what like how silly this looked to americans who already have issues taking the sovereignty of mexico seriously i can imagine to some people who maybe don't buy into the mummy part might take this as a way to undermine the seriousness of the mexican government uh because i feel like a lot of times we have like we in canada and the u.s have issues with like pointing out that mexico is a like you know real and sovereign country that has its own agendas and is like a real country that um has a serious government furthermore yeah. It doesn't also help that the the country is that Mexico is doing it to themselves in this case. Because I also remember a few months ago, the president of Mexico, uh, Mr. Lopez Obrador, also tweeted that he saw a fucking like goblin or something like that. Oh my god! <laughs> like, he saw like a sort of like Mayan version of a goblin, and it's like, god damn it! Uh, oh my god! So there's like a bunch of random shit that like is like, uh, um, Ridiculous. yeah, maybe if you're president of a powerful country like Mexico, you shouldn't tweet that you saw a goblin. That's my take. That's Maybe my not. personal opinion. I'm not a, I'm not president of Mexico, but if, it, if I was president of Mexico, I would not tweet that I saw a goblin. <laughs> Good to know. I'm glad to know we've got your specific virtue on that, uh, on that regard. Uh, but that is, that is, that's the Mexican mummy. It's, it's, it's a genuine well-known hoax and, uh, did a lot of, I think a lot of like, you know, damage to our, the way that we take Latin American countries seriously and, um, just shows that we are currently in an age of eroding institutions. Um, yeah, well, you know what we can do to combat that? Oh, go to props is- on aliens on Twitter or blue sky yeah it just keep listening to this podcast it's great go to probs not aliens you can see all the photos that we're gonna post out i, I usually say tweet out but that's not we can't do that anymore how many times can we keep lamenting twitter on this thing blue sky we yeah skeet. we skeet on blue sky i guess is what we're gonna do um and uh you know obviously thanks for, for listening to this show tristan where can people find more of your stuff if they want to learn about the past and how that impacts today so that we can build a better tomorrow perhaps oh can, boy where can people find that uh so yeah i run a youtube channel called step back where i try to talk about why history is important kind of like this episode why history is important and why understanding uh-huh. this world doesn't make much sense if you don't have a deeper understanding of how things got to the way they are um scott yeah if I wanted to learn how to make your own pre-keyed footage. How would I, where would I go for that? Oh my God. (laughs) Is that video like 10 years old? Yes. If I wanted it to see real life Iron Man, where would I go? Oh my God. My very first video. You can go find it over uh, at NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. Uh, typically what I do is, uh, unlike the videos Tristan is referencing, I use uh, pop culture things like comics and cartoons and movies and stuff to teach about real world history, philosophy, culture, and art. Uh, I'm on like a... I, I've, I know this is going to sound silly when I say it, if you know me, but I'm on a Scooby-Doo kick right now, obviously. Oh, you've been on one uh, for many years, I think. I've been on one for a couple of years, but currently my next string of videos is all Scooby-Doo, coming, which right? I think is, yeah, Scooptober's coming, Scooptember maybe even, if I want to get stuff out before then, which I should, because I need money. Scoop-vember? Scoop-vember, why not? Scoop-vember? 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 
Scoobmas. That's good. Scoob near years Scoob Year's Day. It's all, all of it. Every holiday is a Scooby Day now. And remember, what tell me what Scoob stands for over at Probs Not Aliens on Blue Sky and X and all those other places. Uh mm-hmm. you can also listen to this show on Pro, at, at Nebula, nebula.tv slash probably not aliens is where you can listen to the show, get bonus content even sometimes whenever we record it and get stuff early, perhaps. And uh, you can also leave reviews of the show on Apple Podcasts and answer Q&As on Spotify. Thank you to everyone who does that. I still love getting emails about it when people do those things. Mm-hmm. And tell your friends about this show. That's how this show grows. If you have a friend who's like, what's up with that Mexican mommy? You can say, first of all, it's from Peru. And second of all, here's a great podcast you should listen to. Uh, and also, person th- talks about why and thirdly, uh, it's also the Mexican not a mommy. mommy is going to destroy <laughs> democracy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of things. But if you, you could just say, here, listen to this episode of this podcast called It's Probably Not Aliens and just skip like the first 10 minutes where they had ADHD or whatever. A great place to send your friends is a very simple website, probsnotaliens.com. It's got links to everything over there where you can listen to the show and follow us and things like that. But that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, my name is Scott Nicewander. I'm Tristan Johnson. And the truth is out there. Out there. Problemiente? The truth is art. The truth is art there. The truth is art there. It's made of bones and super glue. It's made of bones and hot glue.